You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Yes, we are uh, believing for a significant work to to be able to take place. And uh, just want to encourage, as Jade said just then, uh, please pray into what you might bring on the 16th of July as we receive our mission offering together. Uh, As a church, uh, we just have such a privilege for us to be able to support so many partners overseas. And uh, uh, it's really exciting to see what God does. Um, Recently, we had a group go to India and Sri Lanka, and Steve and I uh, are going to have the opportunity to go Um, soon to the Philippines and to Vietnam and to just see the work and listen it is because you guys you you give into these mission offerings that we do that we um, just the stuff and and it's like buildings and with with Elam Christian Center on them it's like phenomenal and all this training takes place and all these things like what we're talking about here that we're going to be giving to Cambodia so please pray into what you give I'm telling you it makes a difference and uh, we're really believing for God to do something significantly as we receive um, a mission offering on the 16th of July. Well, as Steve said, we are in part seven of our Blessed series. And let me just say, I want to say congratulations because seven weeks in a series and you guys are still going strong. It's been a phenomenal series, hasn't it? Whether you've been watching online or whether you've been able to get to church each week. And we've been on this journey together, haven't we? We've been on this journey through the Beatitudes. And I don't know about you, but I have learned something every single week. I have learned something new about these very familiar words, these words that I've read hundreds of times before. I'm still learning. So let's take a look at them once again. Again, in Matthew 5, verse 1 to 12, we read it. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. This is speaking about Jesus, and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Now, before we actually go any further to find out what Jesus actually said, there's something I want to share with you that I learned in William Barclay's commentary. This phrase that is used in this passage, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, as it was written in the Greek, is actually describing a repetitive or habitual action. And this phrase would actually be more accurately translated as, this is what he used to teach them. In other words, what is taught here in the Sermon on the Mount was not a one-hit wonder for Jesus. It wasn't a sermon that he preached once to them in that one occasion and then left it at that, never mentioning it again. No, these principles that he was teaching them in the Beatitudes were principles and teachings and values that actually Jesus taught them over and over and over again. You can imagine Jesus, can't you? Walking along, entering into different villages and towns, sitting down for tables at tables for meals, you can imagine him saying, hey guys, come on now, can't you remember what I said about the meek? And hey team, hello, don't you remember what I keep telling you about the pure at heart? And hey guys, come on, don't don't forget, remember what I taught you about being hungry and thirsty for righteousness? It was this constant journey, this constant journey of many hours of heart-to-heart conversations that Jesus had with his followers, mentoring them, coaching them, teaching them all of these values that we need to have in our lives in order to stay and have a life that a lines with Christ. And it's the very same journey that the Holy Spirit takes you and I on. 
It's the very same journey that we have been on these last seven weeks. Come on, we're saying, hey, come on. Hey, come on, let's remember. Remember what he's taught us. Remember what his word says. Hey, come on, remember all the things that we've been learning about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And remember what Jesus taught us about blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And today, the beatitude that we're going to be looking at as we come to the second to last part in our series is blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Are you ready to dive in to what it means to be a peacemaker today? All right, let's take a look at what this word actually means. Let's take a look at the word peacemaker because our understanding of the word really, really does uh, affect how we're going to outwork it. It affects our understanding of what Jesus actually means when he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemaker, arena poios, from the root word arena. It means peace, one, rest, quietness. It speaks to exemption from rage, exemption from war. It speaks of harmony. It speaks of safety and security. That's pretty common, isn't it? I mean, that's generally our understanding of the word peace. If you and I were to sit down and write a definition for peace, we'd probably come up with some similar phrasings, some similar wordings to that description. But what we have to remember today is that Jesus was not just talking about peace, was he? Peace was not the only thing he was calling us to. He didn't say, blessed are the peaceful. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. And so the second root word of arena poios that we need to look at and consider is the word poieo. Poieo. It means to do, to make, to cause. It's saying, let's be authors of peace. Let's produce peace. This is a verb. And it takes us from a state of being peaceful to a state of doing peacemaker. See, this word is it's, it's active, not passive. Peacemaker is something that is active, it's not passive, which means that the very first thing that we need to note about this beatitude that Jesus is calling us to is number one, he's calling us to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peacemakers, not peacekimmers. Peacemakers, I think I was thinking of similar. It's similar. It's similar but not. Same but not. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Same, same but different, all right? See, here is what I have discovered about our tendency as humans. We avoid things we don't like, right? And it doesn't take us long for these avoidance behaviors to start developing in our lives. Babies avoid sleeping at all appropriate sleeping times. And all the parents of newborns and young babies say, amen, amen, and amen. Toddlers avoid eating at all appropriate eating times, don't they? And the list, 
They don't want what you feed them at mealtime, they want everything else in between, right? And the list, it only gets longer as people get older. Children avoid doing homework, cleaning their rooms, showering, going to bed, eating vegetables, brushing their teeth. Teenagers, teenagers avoid just about anything their parents tell them to do. <laughs> getting in the shower, then getting out of the shower, getting into bed, then getting out of bed. You're not off the hook though, grown-ups, because you avoid stuff too. You avoid the washing pile. I know you do, because I do. You avoid the dentist. Nah-ah, -uh, decline, decline, sorry dentist, decline. You avoid going to the room, to, to the gym. Well, some of us do anyway. Uh, you avoid answering that unknown telephone number. I know you do. And see, we don't just learn to avoid these avoidance behaviors, to avoid behaviors that we don't like. We learn to avoid feelings we don't like too. My youngest son, Rocky, he does not like bad or sad feelings. He is like a glass, overflowing, everything is awesome person. He, that's the world he lives in. And sad and bad news just does not fit into the world of Rocky. He turns off the radio when the news comes on. He switches the channel when the news come on because the news is sad and bad. He does not like any, refuses to watch sad movies. In fact, all of the boys in my house, my husband and my two sons, refuse to watch dog movies <laughs> because dog movies are sad. And we don't like sad. Steve will not watch a TV show that makes him feel awkward. If there's a conflict or an awkward conversation happening on the TV, not in real life, on the TV, he's like, no, nah, can't do it, I'm sorry, it's making me feel awkward, I'm feeling uncomfortable. He switches channels, he can't cope, he can't watch it. We avoid sad, we avoid bad. We avoid uncomfortable, we avoid awkward, we avoid conflict, we avoid disagreements. And so often, I think we would prefer that if this beatitude said, blessed are the peacekeepers, right? Because then we could avoid such things. Because then we could, we'd much rather play that role because that role, in that role, we get to avoid issues. We get to avoid conflict. We get to avoid the uncomfortable and the struggles in our effort to just keep the peace to keep the status quo, to keep everything smooth and not awkward. But Jesus is not saying, blessed are the peacekeepers. He's saying, blessed is a peacemaker. Because how many of you know that peacekeeping only keeps the peace for so long? And, and when everything is just swept under the carpet, all we're really doing as peacekeepers is saving up trouble, letting trouble pile up for future we are putting off future action that will, we will one day need to face. Here is what you might not want to hear but need to hear. Sometimes the way to peace is through struggle. Sometimes the way to peace is through struggle. And peacemaker in the Bible, as Jesus is referring it to it here in this beatitude, doesn't evade the issue, it faces the issue because peacemaker, it's active, not passive. 
Peacemaker in the Bible, as Jesus is referring to it, is not a passive acceptance in order to keep the peace. No, it's not a passive acceptance because we're afraid of dealing with this stuff, but it actually takes action to deal with issues, even if the way through to the solution and peace is through struggle. Peacemakers, I hate to tell you, learn to be okay with uncomfortable. Peacemakers learn to be okay with awkward. Peacemakers are willing to have those tough conversations that make you feel a bit, "Eh, I'm not so sure about this. Peacemakers commit to prayer as they navigate the uncomfortable terrain and so that they might speak with grace and kindness in order for solution and understanding and ultimately peace to be realized. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Jesus is calling us here in this beatitude to be a peacemaker. In this beatitude, Jesus is also calling us to number two, add the good, don't just subtract the bad. He's calling us to add good, not just subtract bad. Here is what we need to understand if we're going to be peacemakers. Peace in the Bible does not just mean freedom from trouble or elimination of bad, of conflict, of war, of anger, of disruption. It also means the enjoyment of all good. It's like a double objective that Jesus is bringing us here. Yes, as a peacemaker, I'm I'm working to resolve conflict, but my my work is only half complete if I do not also work to bring a greater level of restoration, to bring a greater level of redemption, to bring a greater level of understanding, to bring a greater level of grace, of hope, of joy, of the life and light of Jesus Christ to the environments that I have influence over. See, we could say it like this, blessed is the one who makes the world a better place for all to live in. That's a peacemaker. I have this habit when I go to stay at a hotel. Some might say it's a good habit, some might say it's a bad habit. Even though I'm paying for the service, even though the money that I pay for this hotel room covers the cost of a cleaner, I cannot and will not leave that room in a mess when I check out. I always, I put all my rubbish in the bin. I straighten all the cushions on the couches and the chairs that are there. I pull up the bed covers and make the bed nice and neat and tidy. I tidy, you have to hold me back from washing those dishes too. I just cannot leave this room in a state for someone else to deal with. I have in fact been known to receive emails from the owners of Airbnbs thanking me for the state that I have left the room in. They have said this looks better than the cleaners do it themselves. How many of you know I love receiving an email like that? Why? Because I like to know that I've left a space better than I found it. And as peacemakers, Jesus is calling us to do the same. But not just with the dishes, not just with the bed linen. He's calling us to do it in our relationships, in our interactions. What if we left a space, left the people in a room better because of what we added? 
in our homes, in our workplaces, in our classrooms, in our marriages, in our small group here at church. What if being a peacemaker wasn't just about eliminating the bad, but what if it was also meant that we could bring good and add all good because peacemaking is not passive, it's active. It's active, a word of encouragement, an offer to pray, a word spoken at just the right time to remind someone of God's goodness and his faithfulness and what he brings into their circumstance. What if in all circumstances we could bring a gentle word? What if we could bring a grace-filled word into someone's circumstance? Our call is to be peacemakers, and it's about adding good not just eliminating or subtracting bad. Jesus is calling us to be peacemakers, not just peacekeepers. And he's calling us not just to work to eliminate bad, he's calling us to add good to any and every circumstance, space and place and people that we find ourselves having influence in and over. I'm gonna ask Keys to come and join me now. Number three, here's what I think Jesus is really calling us to. He's calling us in this beatitude to work to protect unity, to work to protect unity. Ultimately, ultimately, this is what Jesus is talking about. Our responsibility is to guard our relationships one to another. He is giving, in this beatitude, he's giving high importance and high priority to the unity that there is between us, between you, between me, between the people sitting around you. You know, something that I have learned about the Hebrew language is that in order to describe a characteristic in a person, they would use the phrase son of. Instead of saying that a person was peaceful, describing them as peaceful, they would describe them as the son of peace. They would give that as, as a way of giving a characteristic to somebody. For example, instead of um, saying that Barnabas is a consoling and comforting and restful man, instead he is called, or rather his name means son of consolation or son of rest. It's a way of describing a characteristic that someone displays, that someone is like. That what, it's, a, it's a way of describing what they do, who they are, how they act, what they bring. In this beatitude, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. It's describing them to carry the very characteristics of God. And that means, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be doing God-like work. When you come into the room and you are a peacemaker, you're carrying the characteristic of God. It's saying that the man who makes peace is engaged in the very work which the God of peace is doing. You're carrying the characteristic of God. The one who unites men is doing God's work. When we fight for unity, when we don't let division or bitterness or resentment come in, we're, we're fighting for unity. It means we're doing God's work. It means we are God-like in our characteristics. The one who produces peace, even when it comes through struggle, God's work. God-like characteristics working on the inside of them. The one who brings peace to their interactions and relationships, you're doing God's work. 
God's God-like characteristics working on the inside of you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Listen, listen to what? Listen to what this verse is asking us to do. It says, strive for full restoration. It's saying, don't just eliminate bad, but add good. Full restoration. Encourage one another. Saying, come on. We need to be peacemakers. We need to We need to bring peace into our circumstances. It's saying be of one mind. It's saying, come on, we're gonna be people of unity. It's saying live in peace. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Come on, I wanna encourage us as a church not just here while we're at church because we're good Christians at church, but let's be great Christians outside in our homes, in our workplaces, in our classrooms. Come on, let's be, let's be the people. Let's be the people that bridge the gulfs. Let's be the people that heal the breaches. Let's be the people that sweeten the bitterness. Let's be peacemakers, doing together the very work of the God of peace. Amen. And I'd love to pray for you. And I'd love for us to pray. Actually, you're gonna join me in the prayer. You're gonna do a bit of prayer yourself here today. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask God to just speak to us right now. In just a few moments time, I'm gonna say, hey God, would you speak to us? And would you just let us know an area or a relationship in my world right now that I need to step up and be the peacemaker? And then we're gonna wait. I'm just gonna allow God a moment just to speak to you. You ready to do this with me? Come on, we're gonna put in some work now. Here we go, let's hit eyes closed. Let's just focus our attention in on what God might be wanting to say to us right now in this moment. Lord, we ask that you speak to us now. Lord, in, in, in what relationships or spaces are you asking us to do the work of peace? Lord, where do we need to bridge the gulf? Where do we need to mend the brokenness? Where do we need to heal the breaches? Speak to us now, Lord. Father, we thank you for those places those people that you have brought to mind right now, those areas where you are calling us to do the work of peace. And Lord, I pray that you would give us courage and boldness. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. We commit that relationship to you. We surrender it to you. And we pray as the God of peace, would you help us to do it? to do a God-like work, to be able to outwork that peace in those relationships, to bring grace, to bring understanding, to bring forgiveness, oh God. Help us, Lord, to be peacemakers, not simply peacekeepers. Help us to be active in this, Lord, not passive. Enable us to add all good to those we interact with. And may, God, may we know May we be known for the God-like spirit that we carry. 
Lord, we want to be people that leave this world better than we found it. Lord, not for our own glory, but for yours. That people might say, wow, I see God in them. I want to just lead you in one more prayer today. Online, I'd love to lead you also in this prayer too. If you are here today, you're watching online and you're saying, Bex, I am far from God today. Maybe you stood up on that stage, you, you watched as, as the, those people got baptized on the stage and, and you, you looked at them and you were impacted by what they were saying. Maybe their testimony made you realize the bridge that there is between you and God. Right now, I'd love to lead you in a prayer because God loves you. He, he made you with a plan and a purpose in mind. He wants nothing more than to be in relationship with you. But our sin, our mistakes, separates us from God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible also says that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you and for me to pay the debt that we were due. He came, he lived a sinless life on earth, and then he died a sinner's death as the perfect sacrifice in your place, in my place. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. And I'm going to ask every single person, you don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Really mean it. I'll pray it out loud. I'll lead you in that in this moment right now. Anybody in this room can pray this prayer. It doesn't matter if you have been coming to church for many years. If you have never prayed this prayer or right now you know you're far from God, I'm inviting you to pray this prayer with me. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. Thank you for your forgiveness today. I choose to give my life to you now. I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you. Thank you for the plans that you have for me. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to see who I prayed for today. I'd love to just be able to acknowledge you. Don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. I, won't, I don't want to make you stand up or nothing like that. All I'm going to do with every head still bowed and every eye closed online, you can participate in this as well. There's a button you can push. It says, I raise my hand. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. If you prayed that prayer, I'll acknowledge it. I'll see it. You can pop it straight back down. Come on, let's take a step of faith from after praying that prayer today. You're saying, Bex, I prayed that prayer. Are you ready? One, two, three. You can lift your hand nice and high now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Anybody else that I haven't seen yet, you're saying, Bex, yes, thank you. Thank you. Bex, count me in on that prayer. Amazing, amazing. Awesome, one online, I see you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Over here, to my right. Thank you. Amazing, amazing, awesome. 
Lord, we thank you so much for every person who prayed that prayer. Man, we're so, so excited. We're so proud of them, Lord God, and we celebrate right now what you're doing in their lives. Father, as they start this journey with you, God, we pray your blessing and your favor upon them. Thank you, Lord, for the work of the cross, Lord Jesus, and thank you for the purposes that you have for them. Come on, church. Would you give God our praise right now? Isn't he good? Amazing. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.